All right. Hey, could I have all the kids come up here? Could all the little kids come up here? Why don't you guys come and sit right over here? Sit down, and I've got something to share with you. Now, last week, come on up. Now, last week, I talked about something that I loved. I love, what do I love? Food. (laughs) I love food. I love all types of food. And then I even talked about the certain kind of food that if I have to eat something green once a month, it was Mother's Day, remember? And I said, just to make my mom happy, once a month I'll eat something green and go, I do this for my mom because I love my mom. And I pulled out a chunk of lettuce, remember that? And I said, in my sermon, listen for the word lettuce. And the verse said, let us draw near to God. Okay? But guess what this week? I'm not going to talk about lettuce iceberg lettuce. You know, I ate that already. I had a salad yesterday. That was enough for me. Even with Pastor John, he thinks the same thing, you know. A salad a month is good enough for me. Guess what one one of my favorite types of food is? What? Meat. Meat. Oh, who likes meat? Raise your hand. Look out there. Who likes meat? Look look at all. See all the adults? Yeah. I love meat. Oh, I could eat meat all the time. Guess what I did today? Last week, I didn't peel off a piece of lettuce for you guys so you could have it. Because some of you would be like, I'm not a rabbit. I don't want to eat that. Guess what I did? I brought a piece of meat for you guys. How many of you guys like meat? Rachel, let me see again. Okay, all of you, all of you, all of you. Oh, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give it to you now because I know how it is. If it was my girls who are kind of up here, they would probably play with it and eat it and chew on it, drop it. So after the service, I'm going to give you, this is some of my favorite meat. In fact, this summer, I was in the Amazon jungle. And we had to get some of our food out there just because we were out in the jungle. We had to get some of our food, catch it. People gave us food. We caught some food. It was really yummy. And I had a friend. His name is Luke Jordy. He sent a package to me. And he sent me this kind of beef jerky. And when I was down there, I was like, this is the best jerky in the world. It tasted so good. So I got some of this for you. So after the sermon today, find me and I'll give you a piece of this great yummy meat, okay? But I want you to do this. As I'm sharing the message out of the Bible today, listen for the word meat, okay? Because maybe the word meat is in the Bible. You're going to hear lettuce again. Let us draw near to God and maybe some other things about lettuce, but also listen for the word meat, okay? And then afterwards come and I'll give you a piece of my, some of my favorite meat, okay? All right, go back and sit down. Don't worry, adults. In a few weeks, I'll pull out some meat and potatoes for you. (laughs) I've been planning and preparing that. We have been going through this sermon series called This We Believe. We've been looking at the things we believe, and we've spent a lot of our time looking upward, thinking about the things of God, talking about the Word of God and the beauty and the delight of that, and talking about worship and the gospel message. And now we've been kind of switching to what I've called inward things, things about who we are and what we are to be about, looking inward. And to transition to that, I've been asking this question, and it all, it's amazing how all of this relates to the gospel message. If you recall, I said this line a few weeks ago. I said, daily we must preach the gospel to ourselves. But here's the big question. What does it look like to always be in the gospel? 
Remember, there's two aspects of the gospel. There's that one aspect that answers the question, what must I do to be saved? And we all hear that all the time at church. But the other aspect of the gospel message is, what is the whole good news of the cross? How do we preach it? How does the gospel apply to my life daily? What does that look like? Let me give you what I've been going through here. I'm going to grab some Bibles here. Pastor Cody loves Bibles. How many of you kids have Bibles? Wow. How many of you little kids say, okay, some of you have Bibles. These are some of my Bibles. These are some of my study Bibles. And you may think, why does Pastor Cody need so many Bibles to study? Well, each of these Bibles has a different reason. This won't sink down. This Bible here, what color is this Bible? What color is it? Blue. But guess what I call it? I call it my red Bible. Why do I call it my red Bible? Because in here, I read through the Bible and started highlighting, oh, I could preach that. Oh, someday I want to preach that. I mean, every page I would like to preach. There's certain things, you know, okay, Ezra 6 doesn't really have anything underlined, but there's certain, I just picked 500 little sections. I was like, someday I want to preach, oh, I want to preach that. I want to preach that. So I call this my red Bible. So if there's ever a Sunday where I'm like, what should I preach? I'll just go to my red Bible and go, oh, I want to preach that. Oh, I want to preach that. So this is my red Bible. These are some of my favorite chapters, little sections of the Bible. There's 550 of them. This is my red Bible. But I've got another Bible. This one. I think I showed this to you before. Half the page, on the, or half, you know, this whole page here is blank, and this one has the Word of God in it. This is my study Bible. I read through this Bible, and every time I saw my three favorite words, holy, glory, and worship. Whenever I saw those words, I underlined. I was like, okay, I'm coming back to that and studying it. I want to look at the whole counsel of God and wrap my mind around these concepts. And I can't wait. Every once in a while, I pull this out, and I go, okay, it's time to go through this. Wow. I also have another study Bible. This one... I read almost every day. This one is my Exodus study Bible. You may wonder, why, why is he talking about Exodus? In here, I am going through and just reading how many times Exodus, the book of Exodus, shows up in the rest of the Bible. And guess what this summer? When school's all out, when summer comes, we're going to go through the book of Exodus. And I'm excited to study the book of Exodus. But I have a new study Bible. This is one of our church study. This is one of our church Bibles. The cover fell off. It was kind of falling apart. So I got some big heavy tape, taped it up, and I'm like, well, no one's really going to want to read this one when they're at church. So this is my new study Bible. Guess what this study Bible is? This one is every time the cross is mentioned, every time the gospel message is mentioned, and it says, therefore, I highlight something. For instance, if you have a Bible, turn to the book of Ephesians. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Ephesians. Now, kids, the way I remembered some of those smaller books when I was a boy, I said, go eat popcorn Cody. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That was the way I could remember which one was where. Colossians, Philippians, I didn't know which one, so I was just going to go eat popcorn Cody. 
Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We are to live our daily lives where the gospel is the central applying truth to every aspect of our life. And that's why I want to... This Bible is just making me just go, wow, I'm amazed at how many times every aspect of our life is connected somehow to the gospel. If you remember me reading this verse, talking about the gospel message, how it applies to our life, I mentioned how many times my kids need to hear this verse because sometimes there's a little tension in the family. And we need to forgive each other. We don't just have to be nice to each other just to be nice to each other. Look at, and this is one of my daughters, one of her favorite verses. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Why are we to be kind to one another? Why are we to forgive one another? Listen, it's, it's because of the cross. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Listen to this. Because of the cross, we are to forgive one another. Because of the cross... We're to be kind and compassionate. The cross applies to everything. Look at the next chapter. The cross applies to marriage. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Our marriages should be impacted by the gospel message. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And that's where we're going to stay with today. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about the cross. Hebrews 9, in fact, 4 through 9 just spells out that Jesus is the one. He is that sacrifice so we can be with God. Hebrews chapter 10, and this is what we read last week. You hear the cross message, and it leads to our lives. This Bible I have here, guess what I call it? My gospel app. Some of you are thinking if you have high-tech phones, you have all these little apps. This is my cross, my gospel app. The gospel applies to our lives. Listen in this passage how the gospel applies to our lives. Therefore, and we're at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, here it is. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. We are to draw near to God. As I mentioned last week, because of the cross, let us draw near to God. We can draw near to God. We can fully come before him. We don't have to go through, as it was that we looked in the Old Testament, some of the rituals. They had to do all this stuff. That was their way of maintaining a relationship with God. And a lot of that was hard. A lot of that, they failed. But now, because of the cross, we can draw near to God. We have access to the Lord of all. 
I find it interesting that the more important someone is, the harder it is to get to them. If they're very, very important, it would be hard to get to them. For instance, if we go on the ferry, go across the sound, and say, hey, let's meet with the president of Boeing, that, would, uh, that probably wouldn't work out. You could probably meet with a janitor over there, right? Pretty easily. Or the security guard, if you're trying to get on their grounds, you, know, you quickly meet with them. But to meet with the president, oh, that may take a little bit longer, the CEO or whatever they have over there. Ten days ago, we had someone very important over in Seattle. Who was that? The president was there. And when I found out, I was like, oh, let's get the kids, put them in the suburban, let's go see the president. When I was a little kid in Wisconsin, Reagan came to town, we all just gathered around, and there he was. Well, there he is, okay. And my mindset was, let's go see the president. But I realized, oh, it's probably not that easy. He's not here just to greet people like maybe it was in the past. In fact, I found out, listen to this, to go have a meal with him, that came for this big meal, guess how much it was per person to go? $1,000. To meet with someone pretty high, he's pretty high, 1000 bucks. Uh, my wallet has never held that much money. <laughs> but you know what? If you wanted a picture with him, an extra $5,000. Wow! Six grand just to get a picture with him. What? Listen, because of the cross, we have full access to the King of Kings, to the Lord Almighty. We don't have to fork out all this dough. We don't. Christ paid for that. That's what's so amazing about the cross. We have access to God. Look at this first part again. It says, let us draw near to God. So people, please listen. Don't waste time. Draw near to God. Draw near to him today. We get to draw near to God. The Almighty is here. We don't have to be afraid, for He is good. And in His mind, He has good things for us. Let me give you an example. When Kaylin, our oldest daughter, was ready to go fishing, which to me was two years old, she really wasn't coordinated to do it, so I had to wait another year. Oh, I had to wait till three. Finally, the time was to come for me to get her a fishing pole. And I was excited. I was like, I'm getting her a fishing pole. This is going to be great. In my mind, I'm going, as a little boy, I had a Zepco. I had a 404. That's just the number I had. I just remember casting that thing. That thing never broke. It just kept going and going. I kept, you know, I caught so many bluegills and bass. It was great. That's going to be the pole I'm going to get her. We went to the store. She came. I was out. She was probably excited, like, oh, I'm going fishing. She really wasn't aware of really what was happening, but I was, because this is the greatest thing, you know, fishing. So we go to the store, and on our way to get the pole I wanted to get her, she saw like the little kids section of fishing poles. And like a hook in her mouth, the marketers caught my daughter. She went, Papa! And she held up this Barbie fishing pole. (laughs) It was, you know, encased in plastic. It was cute. Had all these little trinkets that I, I can guarantee you wouldn't catch a fish. But to her, they were cool. And you could get it for, you know, this price. I'm just like, I looked at the price, I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not going to pay this. It's just because they slapped some name on there. They're charging five times as what it should be. I said, Kaylin, no. We're not going to get this goofy thing. They even had a little tackle box with these things that weren't even related to fishing. I'm like, what's the point? And I said, come with me. And I dragged her 
to where the real fishing poles were. And there was this Zepco. It was black and yellow. And she started to cry. She went, I want the pink one. I'm like, what? Pink? No, 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 no. Fish? No, 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 no. I said, and I was trying to be cool. I'm like, it looks like a bumblebee. It's black and yellow. Look, it's, and she just, she cried. She's like, no, I want that. I said, no, get this one. And then I looked at the price. I'm going, that thing's four times the price of this one. So we went home. And she was sad. And that night when I was getting ready for bed, I kind of thought about it. I was like, you know what? One of my roles as a father is to portray, if I can, this seems inconceivable to me, to portray God's love to my children as much as I can. God's grace, his forgiveness, his firmness, his justice, but God is just, he is more than just, he is grace. So that morning, the next morning we got up and I said, Kaylin, we're going fishing. She was like, okay. We got to the place, we got to the lake, we're all, I'm all excited. She looked at the worm, she was like, ew. But I said, Kaylin, guess what? And I pulled out the pink Barbie fishing pole. <laughs> that night I went back and I took it back. Listen, some of us think that when we draw near to God, let us draw near. Let us with confidence draw near. Let's boldly come to the throne. Some of you are like, yeah, but look at my heart. Do you know my past, Lord? Can you imagine if today was the day of confessing sins of the past? How many of you would be quick to stand up and go, hey, me first? Some of you would be like, I'm leaving this church. Never again. If you knew the darkness of Listen. We are to draw near to God. Not because he's going to bolt us down with lightning bolts. No. He has good things for us. He has good things because of the cross. Let us draw near to God. So because of the cross, because of the work of the cross, we are to draw near to God. Let's look at the next part. The next verse. It's another, let us. Five times, the author says, because of the cross, let us do this. We're going to do this. Let us do this. Let us do this. And let us do this. First, in thirty. In 22 was, let us draw near to God. The second one, listen to this. Let us hold unswervingly, hold fast to the hope we profess. Let us hold fast to the hope. That's what we've been doing for the last two months. We've been talking about this hope, the faith that we have. We've been talking about this is what we believe. And he is encouraging us, because of the cross, stand firm, hold tight to what you believe. Because you know what? Out in the world, they're going to try to erode that away. They're going to try to tear that away, what you believe. In fact, they say it doesn't matter what you believe. Oh, you can believe whatever you want, and that's good for you, because I'm going to believe what I want to want. And that, no. Hold fast. Hold firmly to the hope that we have, the faith that we have. Don't give up. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Listen to this. For, why? He who promised is faithful. 
We're not just supposed to believe in something and hope in something, hope in the gospel, and it's all about us. It's because he is faithful. He's the one that's promised. He will help us. Hold fast to your faith. Hold fast to your belief in God. Why? Because God is faithful. Basically saying this. God is faithful. Will you be faithful? God is faithful. Be faithful. Hold fast. Don't give up. And we'll look at this a little bit later. Because of the work on the cross, we are to draw near to God. Because of the work on the cross, we are to hold to the hope that we have. The next verse. This is one of my favorite ones out of here. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us consider. This word here doesn't mean, oh, let's just uh, encourage one another, let's just spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us consider. This word means to think. Take some time, plan it out. This week we had some of our friends come from Wisconsin. And I thought, you know, when they come, I want to do a little camping with them. Because I'm camping Cody. I love to be in the outdoors. I like to be out there. So when they come, we're going to plan a little trip. Now, I'm the kind of guy that when we go camping, I don't want to just go, okay, look at a map. Okay, that's where we're going. I'm the kind of guy that looks at every map I can. I was in Seattle. I went to a map store, got some good maps, some topple maps, some government maps, all this stuff. Got some guidebooks. I've got just piles of stuff. I'm mapping planning it out. I looked at the sun. I was like, hey, this whole week's been sunny. We're going to have a great time. Well, it's changing a little bit now. But I took time to plan, to consider, to think it out. And because of my preparation, we're still going. We're going to be ready. I've got a tons of gear. We've been very blessed that where we're going and what we're going to use, it's going to be kind of cushy for us. We got to plan, consider, listen. This word means map it out. And just so you know, we as a church, some of the leadership of the church, we've been thinking of how we want to steer, listen from the Lord, and how to get the church growing and going. We want to take time and not just, hey, let's just have church. We want to be really thoughtful on how to do this so we can be together. So consider, look at this again. And let us consider how we may spur on. The word there means arouse, incite, almost like call to a riot. Spur it on. Come on, let's go. Spur one another on to, and these two words, to love and good deeds. To love. Listen, we are called to love one another. It's so important, and so many times we miss that out. Love. We are to act lovingly towards each other, one another. I was thinking about this word, one another. Just in Romans alone, from chapter 12, because we were in chapter 12 for a little bit, in Romans 12, all the way through 16, eight times Paul uses one another. Romans 12, 10. Romans 12, 12. 3, 8. 14, 5, 14, 13, just eight times he says one another, one another. It's so important that we are to be together. We are to act lovingly towards each other. 
very important. But so many times the church isn't like that. We just come Sunday, we dress up. Look at Pastor Cody, he's got buttons on his shirt today. Wow. We dress up and here we are and then that's about it. But if we really want to be the church, if we really want fellowship, if we want Christian community, that's going to be hard. And that means we have to love. When I was a kid, and this may, some of you older people may remember this song. When I was a kid, there was a song that, that like, a couple people would sing in front of church as kind of a special number. It, it, at first I was like, this is the weirdest song in the world. And it, the words, the chorus was something like this. It said, don't shoot the wounded, someday you might be one. And I was a little kid, I was like, that is the corniest song. And it just talked about being the body of of the church and just take care of the wounded people in the church. Don't shoot the wounded, someday you might be one. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. As a little kid, I thought that. But listen, as an adult being in ministry, well, that makes complete sense right now. Why? Because the church sometimes seems to be the place where when wounded people come, people like to shoot the wounded a lot. When someone comes with issues, problems, they kind of go, oh, look at that person. And that's... (laughs) That's not the way the church should be. The church is to be a place of loving care. And it might be that some of you have been in churches where that song maybe needed to be sung many, many times. This is a place, the church, is a place where we are to come and care for each other. We are to act lovingly, kindly towards one another. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love. We're to act lovingly towards each other. And it's interesting that we have the Christian triad of virtues in this little section. Faith, hope, and love. It's all right in this little section. Take a look at John chapter 13. John chapter 13. All right, kids, there's some kids here. So the way I remember the Gospels were Matthew made a mark in the sand. He looked up and saw John carrying an axe on his... I won't go through the whole New Testament. Maybe I'll teach Sunday school sometime and we'll memorize the the New Testament books. John chapter 13. Listen to these two verses, 34 and 35. John 13. A new command I give to you. Learn a a bunch of doctrine. Oop, it doesn't say that in my Bible. A new command I give to you. Look pretty in the outside. It doesn't say that. A new command I give to you. Just when you come to church, just be smiley. Don't tell everyone about your problems. Just come and say, hey, praise God. This is what it says. A new command I give to you. Love God one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have a big church well it doesn't say that by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you look like a Christian it doesn't say that well what does it look like a Christian what does it be to look like a Christian the words that are written here By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you what? Love one another. And get ready, church. From now on, we're going to try to apply and see what does it mean to love one another. What does it look like in our church 
to love one another. Because of the cross, we are to spur one another on to love. Love one another. Go back to Hebrews. And the second one, spur one another to love and what? Good deeds. We are called to do works for the good of others and for the kingdom of God. We are called to do works for the good of others and for the kingdom of God. I mentioned I have some of our friends from Wisconsin. The five of them that came, we were all in one of the discipleship, many of the discipleship programs we had back when I was in Wisconsin. And, and this is kind of my soul group, we call each other, our soulmates. We would use that phrase. But one of the main things that we would do together is this. My mindset was this. I want to spur them on. That's why I love this verse. Spur them on to, number one, know God more. To know God more. And that's what we're going to do this summer when we dig in Exodus. We're going to come to understand who God is. To know God more and, number two, to be like him in all that they do. To know God more and to be like them. And that's what we want to do in our church. When we meet each other, we want to spur one another on to love and to good deeds, to know God more and to live that out and be like him in the things that we do. We want to spur one another on to do that. And I kind of came up with this this week. This might even be one of the themes of our church. We want to come to know, we want to come to grow, and we want to come to go. Sounds kind of corny, but I was thinking, you know, we want to come to know God, we want to grow in that, and we want to go out and do it. We want to live it out, right? Let us draw near to God. Let us hold to the hope that we profess. Let us consider how we can spur one another onto love and good deeds. And the next one. Verse 25. Let us not give up, and here it is, kids, listen. Let us not give up meeting. Oh, there's the word meet, okay. Let us not give up meeting together. And this is so important for our church today. I'm amazed at how many things pull us from the church. There are so many things that pull you from coming to church and being a part of the church. Many years ago, nothing competed with the church. 50, 60, 75 years ago in America, not many things competed with the church. In fact, there were laws to help the church. Can you believe that? Check this out. In 1906, in Washington, the government made laws to help the church. I I was looking this up online. There were, in 1906, the legislator said, Sabbath-breaking laws. Can you believe they did that? Wouldn't that be great if they changed their mind? There were Sabbath-breaking laws. You couldn't sell things on Sunday. Probably two reasons, so people wouldn't go out and waste their money on things that they didn't really need. And number two, so that way the people selling could go to church. Have you ever heard of blue laws? I looked it up online. We still have some blue laws here in Washington. And some of them relate to, and people make fun of them now online, because like, oh, listen, these old laws we used to do. Well, they were to help to protect the church. Now they make fun of the laws. In fact, in 1966, in this state, it was a crime to sell, and this is word for word, 
crime to sell most kinds of goods and perform most types of services on Sunday. Because Sunday is a time, let us not forget, let us not go do things, but let us meet together. It's important to be the body of Christ. We have to be together. But today we have so many things competing for our time. The government doesn't help anymore. Surprise, surprise. In fact, families sometimes don't help. So many times you think, well, I've got family issues coming up, and I'm not going to go to church because, well, there's a family. I hear this a lot. Well, we've got this family thing. I'm like, the best place to be with your family is here. This is the time to be together with your family. Well, we've got difficulties going on. Please listen to this. Families and difficulties should not keep us from church, but rather they should draw you to church more often. In fact, I would say this. If you have more difficulties, you should be in church more because this is the place where God comes to meet us, heal us, and be with us. Amen? There's some people who say, well, I've got some difficulties. I've got... Then get to church. Come. Let's pray for each other. Let's be together. Amen? I and mean, that's what church should be about. But we get this mindset now where, well, I've got other things going on. What are we thinking? Because of the cross, we are to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. There's so many things that pull us from church, even Christian books. We're coming back. We went to Seattle yesterday. We're coming back. and I was with two of my kids and two of the, the grub boys. We're, we're all there. I kind of felt like, wow, this is kind of fun. All these kids running around. And they're, I was like, look, there's, there's a porpoise. Go quick. And they just ran out there, just running around. Then we're sitting down. We're kind of tired. We walked a lot yesterday. And I looked across, and there was a guy reading a book. And I looked at the book, and I was like, oh, that book. And I kind of looked, and I said, hey, you enjoying that book? He goes, oh, I just read it. I'm on page four. He goes, yeah. I was trying to get a conversation with him, but he kind of was into the books. I didn't want to bother him. And one of the boys said, Pastor Cody, is, is that a good book? Do you like that book? I said, well, not really. Even though it's sold in Christian bookstores, this guy has a very cynical attitude about the church. It's so poor that he has about the church, he kind of makes fun of the church. He says, we don't really need the church. You don't need to meet together. We, we don't need to do that. You just need to be hip and cool and, and just do your own thing. What? You gotta be kidding me. And this book, sadly, I've met college students who say, well, because of this book, I don't need to go to church anymore. Why? We are not to give up on meeting together. But the question may arise why are we to meet together? Why are we really to meet and be together? Here's a few things I want you to think about. These are very important. One, get this in you. You were not meant to live your life alone. Some of you need to just write that down. Some of you need people to say that to you daily. You were not meant to live your life alone. Maybe it's because we're Westerners. Maybe because we're American. We have this mindset where I can do it on my own. Trust me, I have that mentality many times, especially when it comes to projects. Roll up my sleeve. I can do this. Whoa, okay, maybe I can. Listen, you were not meant to live your life alone. It's not how you're designed. There is no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. You can't do it. 
You were not meant to live your life alone. One of my heroes, John Wesley, says this, There is nothing more unchristian than a solitary Christian. There is nothing more unchristian than a solitary Christian. You're not meant to do this alone. We need each other. We need to be the body. We need to be a church and do this together. We're not meant to do this alone. Number two, why are we to meet together? We are to have Christian community. We are to have fellowship. And I wrote this down. Our church is all about having spiritually dynamic friendships. Remember how I said, when I first came here, I said, listen, I want to get to know you. I want to build relationships with you. You're coming over. You're coming over. You're coming over. I'm going to try to get all of you at my house. Let's hang out. If you don't want to come to my house, I'm coming to your house. And some of you are like, whoa, I can see some of you. Like, okay. Because I'm all building relationships. And it's so hard to do that in churches of two, three, four hundred, a thousand. That's what's so great. We have, the, we have the benefit of a small church to get to know one another and build relationships. We want to build relationships Build spiritually dynamic friendships. It's hard in a large group. Smaller groups is where you can build these intimate relationships, where you can know others and be known. We are to actively love one another. Some people don't like this. They don't think the church is fitting for them, but we are to love one another. This is important. We belong to Christ and his family. We're a family. And that's what we want to work on, being a family. And some, some of you may kind of cross your arms and go, but I don't like being with my family. I go to some family reunions sometimes, and I'm like, I'm the oddball. You put Cody Cargus in the bunch of the Cargus people or the Burhans people, I'm just kind of seems like the oddball. I'm, I'm the tall guy that just doesn't drink with everyone else, and I'm, I'm adopted, so I'm really tall, and they're kind of the shorter guys, and I'm just, I stand, I feel awkward, you know? But we want to be and learn together to be the body of Christ. Don't give up meeting together. To become more like Christ, we are compelled by God's love to be with one another. Here, on Sundays, and outside of Sundays. It was maybe a month ago. This is so cool. I've been trying to have all of you come over, trying to get to know some of you. About a month ago, I had a couple over. And they were here, and we were, we were having a meal, and it was just so cool to get to know them a little bit. And then I get a phone call. Another person in the church saying, hey, listen, we're, something just came up. We, we just need some prayer. And I think in their mindset, they're like, yeah, just pray for us. And I said, great, come on over. And I'm not sure what they were thinking. Like, what? What do you mean? Come, I was, hey, you want prayer? Come on over. And then I was like, well, hey, you're over. Hey, let's, someone's come over. Let's pray for them. And it, it was so cool to have someone come who had some needs, like, hey, we have some prayer needs, come on over. And the people that were with us were like, hey, this is the church, let's pray. And the, it was so cool, the six couples, we just prayed together. It's like, that is what I love. That is Christian community. And it was so cool. That's what we want to be about in our church. So I encourage you, if something comes up, Hopefully on your phone you have Cody, Pastor Cody, where you want to hit? Cody, whatever you want. Just hit that and say, listen, would you pray for me? I need prayer. Let's pray right now. There's a little phrase that I have with some of, when, when we were hanging out in different countries and stuff, and the phrase is, at a moment's notice, praise, pray, preach, or die. 
At a moment's notice, we're going to praise. Let's stop and let's just praise the Lord. At a moment's notice, we're going to pray. Stop everything and let's pray. And that's what I want to help us do as a church. If something comes up, we're going to stop and let's just pray. It was so cool last week. People were putting chairs away and that was cool. Someone had a prayer request. My wife and sister in law were there praying. Did anybody see that? They were just right over here, just praying for her. It was so great. I'm like, that's what we want to do. That doesn't mean like 24 7 we're stopping and praying. There might be some times we're going to be at that picnic throwing frisbees, eating meat. I don't know what we're going to do. And those are things too. But we got to be ready to just be together and care for one another. Let's look at this last verse again. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. We are to encourage one another. Encourage one another to what? It's all in the passage. Encourage each other to draw near. Encourage another to hold on. Don't give up. Stay true to what you believe. Encourage one another to love. Encourage one another to have relationships where you can be a light and do good deeds so people see that light and come to know Christ as you share the gospel message with them. Encourage one another to keep meeting each other. Here's what I would like you to do. If you have some way to write this question down, write this down. Here is probably the easiest, simplest, yet most significant way you can encourage each other and live the gospel out as this passage says. Today after church, if you end up hanging out with someone, or if you're like, we're just going to go out to a restaurant and say, hey, how about you come out with us? Let's hang out together. Some of you over here need to get to know someone over, you know, just get to know each other. Here is a question you can ask daily, you can do as much as you can, and it's this. Ask this question often. What has the Lord been doing in your life these past days? What's the Lord been doing in your life these last few days? So for instance, if we're hanging out, let's say Niels and Sherry come over, we hang out, we go out to eat. An easy question to start is saying, hey, what's the Lord been doing in your life the last couple days? Let's find out. That's how you get to know each other and see what the Lord is doing. That can encourage you. I love when people ask me that. I love to say, hey, this is what God's been doing. And sometimes that just goes, wow, God's alive. I forget because I've been so caught up in my world. I forget what's been going on. And it can help you be a part of the body of Christ to pray for one another. So I encourage you this week, find two other people in this church. Call them, meet with them, do whatever you can and ask them the question, hey, what's the Lord been doing in your life these last few days? So that's for you as the recipient, better go, okay, I better start thinking, what has the Lord been doing? Because so many times we get so caught up in this circumstance of the world, we forget that the Lord has been doing things, wonderful things in your life. And this all ends, I love how this all ends. Look at this. Look at the last verse again. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more, all the more, why? As you see the day approaching. Listen, church, someday we're going home. And this world, does it get easier or tougher? It's going to get It's going to get tough. Especially if you want to choose to live a godly life. If you choose to say, I'm going to live for him so others see not me but him, it's going to get tough. 
We need encouragement. We need the body of Christ to say, don't worry, someday you're going home. It's interesting, when I go to campuses or hang out with college or high school students, I'll ask them, what's the scariest book of the Bible? What do you think they say? They always say Revelation. I just go, that's, not, that's the greatest book. We're going home. He wins, so we win. Encourage one another because we're going home. The day's approaching. Guess what? We're going to be there someday. We're going to be in his presence. This is great. I can't wait for Grant to come. It's not, a, it's not the book where we just go, oh, let's try to figure this out. This is scary. He wins. We're, gonna ho- we're going home. That's what we need to do each other. Some of you have had hard weeks. Let's hang out and encourage one another because guess what? He's done the work for us. We can approach him bold. Let's draw near to God. Let's hold to the hope. Let's spur one another to love and good deeds. Let's meet together and encourage each other because guess what? We're going home. All because of the cross, amen? So let us continue to do his work and let us always meet together when we can. Let's pray.